because it opens well not opens but it pretty much opens with like a like at the end of world war ii and there's a battle scene that looks like it was shot by like a cameraman with parkinson's in a dryer (laughs) (laughs) it's it's it's, it looks like a parody it's so bad and then it's like well of course i would expect nothing less from the director of safe house (laughs) oh you guys and your (laughs) and your anti-safe house hate Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. <laughs> Start off strong. <laughs> I was going to try and see how it went. This is uh, how we do in Russia. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, but we're listening to Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number uh, 356 with our review of Child 44. I am Christopher Schneezy. Uh, yeah, I, I had to get it out. I just gotta get it out right away. I, uh, I am from Soviet Russia. <laughs> and your name, Commodore? Uh, Commodore uh, Patrick. <laughs> I'm the I'm that Irish Russian. <laughs> very nice, Those but uh, very common. I am Christopher Schneezy, and he is Corson Patrick. Uh, and you are one of those Nazi podcast. spies. <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> Anyways, um, <laughs> if you're joining us for the first time, this is Spoiler Warning Podcast. It's a weekly film review program. Each week on the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film releases coming to a theater near you. Um, this week, we are talking about Child 44, and uh, we're going to be trying to review it. But everybody knows that in uh, Soviet Russia, Child 44 reviews you. So right. we don't know how this is going to go. Goes hard. But uh, <laughs> yes. Because we are going to prison for... So. <laughs> We're going to uh, Siberia. Yeah, with, with Tina Fey. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, uh, as rocky as the start, is, uh, this episode is starting off. We are here to review Child 44. Um, rocky 4 is it starting off. You, yes. said, you said Rocky. Yeah. yeah cause, Just thinking Rocky 4. Yeah. I get yeah. you. I will break you. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, how are you doing this fine morning, Carson? Um, I'm all right. I just, uh, <laughs> I was going to apologize because I listened, I listened to the episode from last week, you know, as I do sometimes, <laughs> um, listen to episodes and just be like, oh, it sounds so good. Um, uh, but no. <laughs> I just, I, I just, my, my severe inability to grasp the English language is, uh, <laughs> quite spellbinding. Right, what specifically are you talking so, about? I apologize. No, it was just like, it was just really bad. <laughs> I think I'm slowly getting dumber. Uh-oh. There was, there was a re- there was a point in the episode where I responded and it was just, I wasn't even a, it wasn't even a sentence. <laughs> It was just, it was just like, um, you know, like, well, it's, it's like that thing where, like, and then I just got cut off by somebody else. <laughs> it was so bad. And I think, so I you, apologize. You were the one not drinking, right? I yeah, exactly. 
<laughs> maybe, I was the one who had zero alcohol consumption. <laughs> maybe we just need uh, to be doing shots of vodka for this episode, and it'll it'll kind of balance things out and get you regular. <laughs> That's true. But it was just... <laughs> It was just so dumb. It was just like, I don't know. I just think it's a, this could be a sign. It was like yesterday when I went to the movies, I went to the movies and I knew it was pronounced, I knew it wasn't pronounced that way, but I literally, literally said two for X Machina. <laughs> and it was, I was so, I was so mad. I was like, well, first of all, we're in line and the two old people in front of us, the two old couples both said ex machina so i'm standing there going like oh they said it wrong that's not how you pronounce it and then you got it totally incepted dude i did and i was like i was like oh man and then i started psyching myself out i was like don't don't mess up don't say it wrong don't say it wrong i was like i got this i walk up and i said it with such confidence too like two for ex machina and then i was like oh shit like and the guy was like, oh, okay, two for X Machina. And I was like, yeah. I was like, those two old dudes like totally incepted me. Did you tell them to stop mocking you? <laughs> <laughs> no, the guy was like trying to be nice. Like, well, you can pronounce it either way, I think. I was like, no, those two old guys ex- incepted me. I also totally just blew that joke because it's already it's already uh, Machina. So I said, instead of mocking, mocking you, I should have said mocking ya. Yeah, but I, 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 got, I, just... I got where you're going. I got it. Now I'm disappointed in myself. But no, I, I've totally, there, were, there was one time, I mean, we've always talked on the podcast about how I uh, have issues with saying titles in completion. And there was one movie that we saw, I forget what it was called, but it was actually a title that you could mispronounce. And I said it right the first time, but the guy didn't hear me. And he's like, what? So the second time I said it, I said it wrong. And I was like, damn it. Er. <laughs> yeah, I was just, I totally, I, and I said that too to the, to the guy. I was like, yeah, those two dudes incepted me. <laughs> and he just like he was having none of it because I think he I think he felt bad for me because like my girlfriend was just like <laughs> she laughing. had her hand on her head and she, she was, was like, laughing I, really hard I don't like, know this guy <laughs> laughing really hard like how stupid are you uh, I was like man like I I had it man I had it and then I you know then when we saw this movie I was like two for child forty four <laughs> I need two no. for child forty four <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I'm not going to apologize for the last episode just because, <laughs> because why, sh- why should I? I mean, I had to sit through and edit that whole damn thing. It is what it is. I mean, hey, we did get a, uh, we did get someone who emailed in saying that, <laughs> that they liked the, uh, the episode, so. Yeah. Well, I think that, uh, I don't know. I, we, I think that we had fun making that episode and, you know, it might, might have not have been as perfectly coherent as it should have been. <laughs> But uh, we were talking about a Furious Seven, so I mean, it's if there's That's one episode, true. if there's one podcast uh, review that you're allowed to kind of mess around during, it's uh, a film like Furious Seven. Like anytime we're doing like a Transformers or a Furious Seven or any of those type of big uh, actiony movies that you know most people aren't even kind of expecting a lot from, anyways, why not have fun? Why not have fun with it? Yeah, but I mean, I'm not saying it wasn't fun. I was just saying I just I see where the I see where the haters are coming from. Yeah, but all, like you know, you know, joking accents aside, I mean, if we were messing around that much for a film such as Child Forty Four, that would be a little bit different because the subject matter is that's true. Although I would intense. argue that this movie isn't really is kind of messing around too. <laughs> really? 
Uh, maybe. <laughs> oh, no. I can't wait to hear Carson's thesis about how this is actually a satire of something. <laughs> it might be. I don't know. Oh, well, what do you say we get into it, Carson? All right. Well, we're going to take a listen to the trailer for Child 44 and then come back and give you guys a review. Are you on your own? Remember when we first met? You thought that I was rude. You were staring at me. <laughs> I was mesmerized by your beauty. There will always only be you. They came as fast as they could. There has been a terrible accident. Alexei's son has been hit by a train. A train is claiming his son was murdered. I am sure you realize murder is strictly a capitalist disease. You have to be quiet. There is no murder in this country. There is no murder. Do you understand? Someone has slaughtered my son! And you do nothing! The killer is still out there. I have to find him. I'm coming with you. I thought you might want to know. There's been another one. I need your help. Why are these children so important? This animal, he will not stop killing. How are you gonna bring him to justice? Just the two of you? Somebody has to. Another child could die any moment. I will stop him. Children, ages 9 to 14. 43, you know. 44. My grandson was murdered, too. All right, so that was the trailer for Child 44. Um, this is, you know, I'm just going to go with the description that comes off IMDb because... Uh, this is uh, it's sort of a long movie, and it kind of has a couple different <laughs> mini arcs in the, in the course of it. So the official description of the film is a disgraced member of the military police investigates a series of nasty child murders during a Stalin-era Soviet Union. So Carson, why don't you start us off and let us know what you thought of this film? You know what's funny is that um, this was like one of the first movies in a super, super long time where I didn't see the trailer ever. Like, I, this movie was so downplayed and just dumped that uh, I never saw the trailer once in theaters. Um, so that was kind of cool that, like, I went into it not seeing any footage. Huh. So I, I went in completely fresh. And, um, but even though I wasn't expecting a whole lot, but, uh, yeah, it's a, <laughs> this is a really bad movie. <laughs> <laughs> and um i it's unfortunate because 
there's a lot of really good people in it. Um, there's a ton of people in it. There's it's a like, ton of people. It's like one of those movies where like the entire movie you're just like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my and, god. And it's all people that have been in other movies together before. Yeah, yeah. It's so much so that like even at the beginning of the episode when you like referenced uh, Dawn of the Apes, I was like, oh shit, like yeah, there's another connection too. Yeah. That I wasn't thinking of, but uh, yeah, like everybody's in it and they're trying to do their best uh, Russian accent. Which is maybe slightly better than our attempts at a Russian accent <laughs> at some points. I mean, I, I think we got, I think we got uh, Joel Kinnaman pretty much like <laughs> knocked out. I think we could beat him, but everyone else, I think, was doing better jobs than us. Tom Hardy's uh, Russian accent was pretty solid. Dude, but his, his accent sounds like a combination of Bane and a Russian <laughs> accent. Like he has that. Like I, 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 I thought of that too because I. I was wanting him to just do the Bane voice the yeah. whole movie. <laughs> no, but the whole movie, he's like, he's like, yes, you have the do it. Yeah, it was, <laughs> like, it was like very a weird, high pitched, like, yeah, it was very theatrical. It was very theatrical. Um, yeah, but like, come on, like, Numi Rapace and like Gary Oldman's Russian accents were like barely there. I was like, come on, come on, Gary. We know you did a Russian accent in Air Force One. Hey, at least they tried it as opposed to like Ed Harris in Enemy at the Gates when he's just like, oh no. <laughs> I'm just talking like an American, whatever. When he was supposed to be the German guy. <laughs> yeah, he just said, F- it. he's like, whatever. That was a Harris. Harris. Right? Yeah. Yeah. But, well, I mean, I guess it is one step better than Valkyrie, where people were just talking. And, you know, Tom Cruise just doing his regular voice and regular British accents for the other actors. Yeah. Even though they attempted it at the beginning to be like, well, we, we spoke Rush or spoke German. And then it transitioned over, but it's yeah. like, nah, dude, it's still still weird. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I mean, at least they were they were going for the accents, even though every, everything's in English. But uh, I, I just think it's a type of movie that would have been way better. Well, first of all, it would have been a lot better if it was a lot more subtle and also probably would have benefited from being like actually in Russian if this was an actual Russian production in its native language, I think it would be... By subtle, you mean the plot plot elements of the film, or what are you, what are you talking about? No, just like the actual, like the tone of the movie, it, it felt like... Uh, and this is where I, I was referencing the fact that it didn't feel like the movie was taking this serious subject matter uh, seriously, because it felt like they were trying to make like a mainstream popcorn movie out of like this really dark subject matter that was not at all mainstream. Uh, and it just, uh, yeah, it, like, I felt like the tone should have just been a lot slower and a lot more subtle, a lot kind of like how Prisoners was or True Detective or something like that. Um, I don't know. It just It just was too... It was, I don't want to say loud, but it was just, it just, it just needed a much subtler approach. And there was nothing like that in this movie at all. Um, Because I I feel like they just were not treating the subject matter of the movie in a way that seemed serious. See, it's weird because I I think that like, so for me, the problems with this film come down to like how convoluted the plot gets and like how certain things happen to certain characters but when the same thing happens to another character the outcome is different because of all these like weird plans and like i was getting lost in the actual uh story beat by beat but i i thought the the tone of the film and like the quote-unquote universe even though this is set in like a real time um just I, I thought they sold the tone really well of like this 
uh, you know, Soviet Union under Stalin, how like basically if you were even looked at funny and accused of of being a traitor, that that's basically the end. There's not really much you can do. You're just immediately dealt with. And the idea of like the the forced famine um, under the under by the government, like all all, the, all that aspect to the film, what they were like, I thought tonally that all really worked for me, um, just because it seemed very frightening to exist in this world. Um, yeah, like none of it to me felt like it was taking place in the real world. Like it felt like an alternate history of Soviet Russia. Like it didn't feel like it was. I mean, obviously, this movie isn't based on a true story or anything, but it's you know at least set in a time period that was uh very real obviously yeah, and the yeah. time period the time period just didn't feel like it was reflective in the movie like it just it didn't seem like they were doing it any justice like it was kind of like how and i don't i don't think you saw but like that simon Pegg movie hector and the search for happiness where there's a whole subplot where he goes to the country of africa where they they explicitly state that it's a it's a country not a whole continent um, and then, like, there's, you know, lots of, like, they sort of address, like, the, the famine and, like, horrible things, genocide that are happening in Africa. But it was, like, done with such a lighthearted, like, sort of just thrown away tone. It just seemed very odd. And, like, this wasn't obviously lighthearted, but it just seemed like they were treating, like, the subject matter in a very, like, non-serious way. Yeah. And it just didn't, I don't know, it didn't vibe with me at all. Like, it just, I mean, it didn't help that the movie was really boring. And yeah, it felt very convoluted. Like stuff was going on. And I was just like, like, what the hell is going on? Like, I just don't care. Like, it's it's so like none of the characters were very well drawn or interesting. And I mean, Tom Hardy is a good actor and he's doing his best to keep this alive. But I just don't think the the material was there. I think it, it obviously had potential. Like, I, I think if it was, I think it was clearly pitched as something like, yeah, like a, a Fincher-esque murder thriller set in Soviet Russia, um, which still seems very, like, that That just seems like so many red flags. Like, I, I, I'm just sort of baffled as to how this movie got funded because it just doesn't seem like anything that would connect with mainstream audiences. Because I know that they pl- they had planned... On this being a franchise potential because what? yeah because what? it's based on um it's based on a series of books with the Tom Hardy character is uh I guess featured in all these books and they I guess they thought they could make a franchise out of this Tom Hardy solving murders in Russia I don't I don't well, know well, see, it, it just seems so misguided here, here's the thing is is the real problem with this film is that it it so you know I, the reason I went with reading the description of IMDB instead of like trying to explain the plot of this film is because the the kind of trying to the attempts to track down this uh, murderer in an area where like supposedly murder doesn't happen because the government denies that anybody's getting murdered because nobody gets mur- murdered in paradise or whatever the quote is um, that doesn't even come into play until the second half of the film. Yeah, the first half of the late. film is like a traditional like government that is wary of of you know, outsiders and spies and and that that kind of stuff. And um, the film transitions into this child thing. And if it would have started like I, I I did see the trailer, but I only saw the trailer because listener came and who wrote in who asked if if we were um, basically asked a question about this film, Child Forty Four. And uh, that I watched the trailer back then, and what the trailer sold is this this 
um, not not like a procedural movie, but like it it was a very much a let's hunt down and figure out this guy who is murdering people. Yeah. Um, but this film doesn't really turn into that until later on. And even once it turns into that, that aspect of the plot is pretty short. And there's not a lot of investigating they do. <laughs> like, a lot of the investigation happens in this montage scene where they're all, like, looking over papers and stuff like that. Yeah, uh, it's really weird. Yeah, which seems super ridiculous to me because the, the film sold this as, like, a this is the next Alex Cross or this is, like, you know, <laughs> Ru- Russian Alex Cross. Russian Cross, yeah. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I could see why they would go with that angle because that's, I think, that was the hook of probably the pitch too but it, it just seems like a movie that's been sitting on the shelf for like four years no what i'm saying is from that aspect of it i could totally see a series of films because yeah because i mean spoilers for this for this movie at the end like one of the like side effects of this film is the creation of this russian uh, homicide yeah. unit like that's part of like what this all leads to at the end is that you know Tom Hardy's character wants to create this unit in the Russian government that yeah. is specifically investigating homicides, which until that point didn't exist. Yeah, um, Tywin Lannister shows up and he's like, <laughs> I'm going to give you, <laughs> I'm going to fund your Russian homicide division. Anyways, so so like I, I totally buy into the idea of like a Jack Reacher set in Russia or an Alex Cross set in Russia. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, like that makes sense, the attempts to go for that, if it worked. But the problem is this film is so, this, this film gets lost trying to discuss, you know, the forced famine by the government, uh, discuss like the war on homosexuality, uh, discuss, you know, like all, all these other like little things that get plopped in for like a second. Russian spies and stuff. Yeah, like it's like we're going to show how oppressive the government is and kind of like just show them this real fast and then then we'll get back to our story about a child killer. And then even like... Once you finally figure out what is going on with the child killer, which I'm still not even 100% certain, like, their, their explanation for it, like, I don't know if just because, like, our friend speaking through his fake Russian accent while crying, explaining the scenario that he's in, like, I, I still didn't get, like, the whole significance oh, of... Oh, yeah, the, the, the killer... Yeah, yeah, it, it, yeah. Like, that that was like okay. <laughs> yeah, none of that, none of that really made sense to me. But I, but I think the film, like, I disagree with you on the tonal comments because I thought the tone was fine in the film. I just think that it was lost in what it really wanted to portray, what it wanted to do with the story, and where it wanted to go with things. And I won't well, say that was a that was a problem too. But, like, I I won't say that I was bored necessarily because I thought there were moments of suspense that genuinely like worked for me like there there were moments of of things where like you don't know exactly what's going to happen or the tension is at least strong enough that like you feel for characters but i did check my watch a couple times because i was just like this movie's long as hell so i wasn't bored i was just wondering like okay it feels like we've been here for like four hours how much stuff could possibly be left to happen in this movie or you know (laughs) what are they going to start investigating child killers no seriously because like the that that whole angle of the movie is like a subplot. It's not even like the main thrust of it. Yeah. Which is weird that because that's what I thought it was going to be about. And it was, yeah, it like the, the build up to that, the other stuff that's that they're talking about isn't interesting at all. And it doesn't help that the script is just very sort of by the numbers and it isn't very deep. So it's not like kind of how like in the original in the Swedish version of the girl with the dragon tattoo, there's like a good, like almost an hour before they, you know, start investigating the murder. Yeah. But that, that buildup is interesting. Like, cause it's establishing the characters and, uh, 
Yeah, yeah, uh, it totally makes sense. Yeah, like it makes sense, and you know, you're getting like that. There's that whole controversy with the, um, I can't remember his name, but the the character's name, the the news, the news, the reporter guy, the journalist guy. There's a yeah, whole, yeah. you know, there's a whole build up with his character, but yeah, so like it, it's interesting to watch. It's not just like, like in the beginning of this movie, it feels like there's all this stuff that just seems kind of extraneous. I don't know, like the all the stuff with Jason Clark just felt. I mean, it, it's there for a reason, but it just wasn't interesting. So, well, it's, it's there for the payoff scene at the end. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're kind of just like, you're kind of just like, well, I hope Jason Clark got paid a lot because, <laughs> yeah, uh, probably won't. It's like, well, Terminator Genesis probably won't be your worst movie this year. <laughs> S- same with Joel Kinnaman. Run All Night was not your worst movie. But never mind. I'm, I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna skew into the Genesis. A conversation <laughs> we'll save that for another time uh but yeah um it's funny because and i'm sure i'm sure you noticed too but my girlfriend and i were laughing so hard in the beginning of this movie because it opens well not opens but it pretty much opens with like a like at the end of world war ii and there's a battle scene that looks like it was shot by like a cameraman with parkinson's and a dryer <laughs> it's it's it looks like a parody it's so bad and then it's like well of course i would expect nothing less from the director of safe house (laughs) oh you guys and your (laughs) and your anti-safe house hate but i mean that was like it was such a horribly filmed action sequence and then there's a there's a fight sequence at the end in mud so you know i can't you know, it's hard to see already since there's characters in mud that look the same. And then the camera is just, I don't know what it's doing. Just acting, it's acting a fool. It was really weird when Matthew McConaughey showed up and just started beating people <laughs> off. But yeah, that oh, fight scene. Oh, you meant actual mud. Gotcha. <laughs> that fight scene was really bad. It was like, oh. It, yeah, and it did help that uh, this this didn't look like 1950s Soviet Russia at all. Because <laughs> you were there. <laughs> It looked like, looked like, I don't even know. It looked like the Selma version of period recreation. Well, there was that scene where Common showed up. <laughs> he was Common Door. He was trying to kill people <laughs> with this Terminator, Terminator outfit. Uh, good time. Well, <laughs> it did have that. It did have that Judge Blue look. Yes. Oh, you know what I found out? Slight tangent. Remember we were talking about in the Judge. Because this is important. Um, we were talking about like the scene where Robert Downey Jr. goes into Vera Farmiga's bar, and there's that really like very CG looking waterfall in the background. Sure. Apparently, apparently that was real. <laughs> that was a real backdrop, but the movie looks so horrible; it just makes everything look CG. <laughs> the movie just has such a horrible look. Anyway, uh, all right. Just well, wanted to point that out. So I found out the other day pretty cool <laughs> yeah people were really uh waiting on the edge of their seats for that i think you're, you're working towards another apology for next episode <laughs> but anyways yes i i mean i've already already talked a little bit or a lot of bit or a middle bit about uh my thoughts on the film um i basically like i said like i i enjoy i actually enjoyed the tone of the film it made uh soviet russia seem like a scary as hell place to be um 
but I, I thought like the the plot workings of the film and how they kind of try to interweave things and how like certain characters have their own motivations for different things and like it, it kind of took away from the impact of of each individual thing. Like if, if you would have like reduced this film down to just a story about a guy whose child was murdered, who he had to deny the murder of his child because the government mandated like statement that nobody has ever been murdered. He had to agree with like what the government passed out as the official report. And then behind the scenes, they started working on this investigation. Um, that would have been really interesting. Um, I, I, like, I would have totally been on board with that, which is what the, the trailer sold us. And I would have been even more interesting if the investigation is happening while um, Tom Hardy's character is still in power. Like imagine, mm. imagine if you're watching like Inglorious Bastards and like Christoph Waltz's character is secretly working for the British or something like that. You know, like mm, yeah. like that would have been really interesting because he's going around doing all this stuff that he has to do as like one of the own members of his own force, but he's secretly working to try to prove this thing as he starts to question his own government's actions and stuff like that. Like that's an interesting story. But the fact that like by the time Tom Hardy starts doing all this undercover investigation, he's sort of already been ousted and especially ousted for a reason that doesn't really make sense. Like the, the there's, there's plot workings that sort of lead to his, removal from um you know to him becoming a disgraced member and getting sent out of his position in the military police in russia yeah but the problem is the way that happens like it seems like either that wouldn't happen or he would have been killed like i don't get why yeah he, he is just stationed somewhere else at the end of the train track that well then then there wouldn't be a movie i guess yeah, yeah it's just, but it's, it's just... funny how they brought him out to that same area where you you know they're kind of psyching you out even though you knew it wasn't going to happen but well, no, I, I assumed that it, I, I didn't assume it was happening to him. I assumed it was just happening to his wife. Oh, yeah. So, like, it, they're, I don't know. I, I just, I just don't, I don't like the why, the why, excuse me. I don't like the way they tried to get tricky with their story and didn't just go for a straight up story. Like, it almost feels like if they tried to be less tricky and just went for a, a straight up um military crime drama then it would have actually been better even though in their head they were probably trying to like mix it up and try to uh, yeah. spice up the story but it didn't really need that because the world that the story takes place in is interesting enough to make the stakes be real i mean it i don't know it's it, like you, you were bringing up prisoners earlier imagine yeah. prisoners but set in soviet russia yeah, where that's they, a, yeah. yeah like they, they can't even actually acknowledge the fact that their children were taken because that would be against the government's like decree that no one gets murdered so like just take that, take that exact film, which we we were both positive on that movie, right? Yeah, yeah. I like, if, just yeah. want to make sure I didn't have it wrong, like fast. Oh and no, I again. mean, yeah. So we, we, were, we were positive super on positive film. on it. So imagine a film we're already positive on, but being set in a world that makes the inherent stakes of the film automatically more intense. Like, yeah, it would potentially be really, really good. But instead, and if it was done in the same style, it would have been. Yeah, it would have been. That's why I said it would have been like. It would have been awesome. It, it has potential. Yeah, like Hugh Jackman with a Russian accent, banging things with a <laughs> hammer and a sickle would have been awesome. I mean, Tom Hardy already had a Detective Loki haircut, so he was already <laughs> halfway there. That's right, he did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what is with the box and the snakes? He <laughs> uh, just needed to blink a lot more. Yeah, he needed to blink a lot more, have more yeah. tats. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, he could have, yeah. Yeah. What about, he need, he's, in, he's in that Eastern Promises gang. He needed a, a, a video camera to go around and film all the all the atrocities. <laughs> but yeah, I mean that would have been that would have been super cool. That would have been a that would have been that's the way they should have approached the movie. Yeah. Uh, or if you know, 
And it would have been even better, I think, if it was just in its native language. Um, yeah, I don't know. But I, I, that, that approach would have been a thousand times better. Yeah. I think that's what they should have gone with. Or, like, you know, th- that just sort of just, like, slower, like, very, like, moody, more intense kind of vibe. Because I was also thinking about Tinker Tailor, Soldier Spy, mostly because, you know, Gary Oldman and Tom Hardy were both in that. <laughs> but um, This movie really needed a Russian Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah. But, I, I mean, I like that tone of that film, I think, you know, that's what that's what this movie needed. Like, I just think that... You know the the time period of it, and just the 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 subject matter was something that lent itself to that kind of style. Yeah, yeah, cool. Not not whatever they did here. It was just, just uh, I don't even know. Well, uh, should we wrap this episode up before the Russian police bust in the door and arrest me? Mm. <laughs> Right. Your, your accent is no good. <laughs> you are doing disservice to our great nation. I mean, come on, dude. They they could have at least cast Peter Stormare in this movie. Yes. Like they could, they could have at least cast a lot of people. <laughs> like an actual Russian. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, what do you say, Carson? We get into our verdicts for this film. If you were going to give this a must-see, a recommend with a caveat, wait for rental, pass with a caveat, or must avoid, what would you give it? I am going to give it a must avoid. There's nothing redeeming in this movie, except for maybe Tom Hardy is always good. <laughs> but he needs to start reading those scripts, man. I think he got burned with this movie. Wait, are you saying he ad-libbed this whole movie? <laughs> no, there was a there was a there was a an article uh, about uh, the movie he's filming now, the new Inyaritu movie, um, and uh, Leonardo DiCaprio is in it. And he uh, convinced Tom Hardy to, to read the script. And Tom Hardy said that he never reads scripts. So I thought that was kind of funny. I guess he just likes being surprised. I don't know. <laughs> he doesn't want to know what's going to happen. Until, until, <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, shit, I can't believe that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. No way. Like, <laughs> I just blew up a stadium. This is awesome. <laughs> You telling me we get to dress up like the Backstreet Boys and like go <laughs> ski ski down a slope? <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I am going to because because the 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 universe it's set in uh, it was was at least somewhat compelling to me in a way. Um, I'm just going to give it a pass with a caveat. I'm not going to give it all the way down to a must avoid. Um, I, I think there's some aspect to it that is um, at least interesting. Um, from the standpoint of how you feel for the characters in the film. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it's not doesn't have a lot of lasting appeal to it. So uh, yeah, there you go. So a must avoid from Carson and a pass with a caveat from me. Um, that'll be the end of the review. So Carson, why don't you let everybody know where they can find you? Um, you can find me in the gulag at um, practicalcandy.wordpress.com. Cool. People can find me at ChristopherInRealLife.com or Twitter.com slash ChristopherIRL. You can find the podcast over at TheSpoilerWarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. Uh, if you want to figure out when the episodes go live, you can follow us at Twitter.com slash SpoilerWarning or like us at Facebook.com slash TheSpoilerWarning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at TheSpoilerWarning.com or call leave us a voicemail at 760-575-4DSW. That's 760-575-4879. 
Music for this episode will come from the soundtrack to uh, Child 44. Child 44. So hopefully you are enjoying that right now. Um, and if you're not enjoying it, then uh, just sit tight. Somebody will bust in the room and execute you in a moment. So. <laughs> <laughs> so depressing. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that is the review. So uh, hopefully, am I finally getting to see Ex Machina next week? I think finally we'll be able to to review it. Yes. Okay. Well, hopefully in all of its correctly pronounced glory. Yeah. <laughs> Ex Machina next week. It'll be super <laughs> awesome. Um, but uh, yeah, so stay tuned for that. And uh, yeah, that's it. So thanks for joining me, Carson. Yes, thank you very much. Thank you, comrade. <laughs> you should stick to your, uh, your, uh, what's his face? Damn it, what's his name? The dude from. Uh, Dr. Novel. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, Forrest Whitaker. You should stick to your Forrest, oh, Forrest uh, Whitaker accent. Thank you. You got to go. This movie has got to go. <laughs> All right, we, we will see you guys next time. Bye.